You're listening to VO Stories, episode 92. Today's episode, I'm talking with audio engineer from LA Studios, Tony Diaz. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tina Zaremba, voiceover talent, mentor, and good old-fashioned storyteller. I believe we all have a story to tell. We can all learn from one another. I created this podcast for you, the VO artist, who's ready to embrace all that your VO journey has to offer. You'll be inspired, informed, and transformed as you learn from industry experts, VO talents, and my insights from 15 years in the industry, having voiced national commercials to promos and everything in between. Success in voiceovers is more than just a snazzy voice, and this podcast will help show you the way. Thanks for listening. Happy Thursday, friends. So today's guest, Tony Diaz, is a jack of all trades when it comes to audio engineering work. He focuses on ADR, creates sound design, edits dialogue for animation, and way more. Listen in as Tony shares his journey to audio engineering, what he feels talent can do to have strong auditions, and way more. Without further ado, here's our chat. Tony Diaz, thanks so much for taking the time today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So why don't you tell folks where you're based and what you do when it comes to voiceovers? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm based in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm with LA Studios. I've been with them for the past six years as their audio engineer. And uh, basically what I do is I make sure that the studio captures the best possible voiceover recordings. Uh, I also edit dialogue for animation. I record a bit of ADR and I also create sound design. Nice. You dabble in a little bit of everything then when it comes to audio work there. Yes, yes, yeah. It's sort of a jack of all trades, if you will. So how did you find yourself in this role? So it was it was honestly just by chance. Uh, I had just moved to L.A. from San Diego, and I accompanied a close friend to the L.A. Film School tour. I was blown away by the creative process. I really enjoyed it, and I ended up taking some time and going back and taking a tour of the L.A. Recording School tour, uh, where I found that to be a little bit of a better fit for me. And so did you go to school for sound engineering and whatnot? Yeah, basically. So that, that's, that's what the L.A. Recording School is. They, they have a... Uh, I believe it's changed since I've been, but they have uh, sort of like a, a year-long process where you can go and and take classes at your own pace. But yeah, it's, it's an amazing school. I've I've learned uh, I learned a lot there. And and fast forward from 2010, here I am. Very cool. So, how have you seen the industry change since 2010? Because it feels like it's changing every other day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, you you look at a new article, and then there's always some new sort of technology uh, coming up. Um, so yeah, so when I began my audio my audio career, it was right after the recording studios stopped recording to tape for the most part. Um, and what I've noticed in the past decade is how how powerful plugins have honestly become. Uh, there's some amazing tools out there that can help you clean up extraneous noises, uh, anything from lip smacks to plosives, unwanted reverb, and even hum in your audio. You can easily now you can easily remove unwanted artifacts with the click of a button, essentially. Do you have any uh, are there any plugins out there that are your favorites? I'm a really big fan um, and advocate for Isotope. They have the the RX7, I believe, is their latest uh, release that they have um, as far as like post audio going, as, as far as post audio goes. And uh, they're amazing. I mean, you can take out reverb, you can take out plosives, hums, as I mentioned. My go-to for them is their Decrackler uh, plugin. I probably use that, you know, nine nine times out of ten, it's able to sort of clear up anything that I anything that I need for the most part. Now, the talent that you work with or see, are the majority of them auditioning 
for you in person or are they auditioning in their home studio and sending it to you? So most of it is is done in stu- or outside of studio. And for the most part, the stuff that passes through the studio is is post-audition, sort of their um they have already gone through that process for the most part. So once they come to the studio, we're we're basically um, you know, we're we're recording for real. Um and and that's where we sort of replace the scratch and um and, and sort of create the 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 true production there, if you will. Do you ever hear any of the auditions that are submitted for jobs or are you just solely on the end where you're um, doing the the post work. I'm mostly on the end of what we're doing the post work. Um, we don't run through auditions all that often. I mean, we may a talent may request for us to sort of you know record for them. You know, if we have time after after they've recorded their spots. But for the most part, I, I don't really see the the audition process. So when you see the actual booking, is there anything in particular that you see with certain talent that are successful? In voiceovers, like yeah. a trend, like, okay, I see over and over talent that are successful do X, Y, and Z. And if so, what's that X, Y, and Z? <laughs> I think ultimately what it boils down to is, is you know, everything has their niche or their, their thing that they bring. And I think a lot of it has to do with sort of how you come across, you know, whether it's your personality, your wit, your, you know, your sense of humor. I'd, I'd say that is probably the, the defining force in, when they choose someone, you know, for, for a gig. I'd honestly say sort of let let that come out, let your personality come out, you know, in your reads where it's applicable when you're auditioning. You know, I'd say, you know, read the lines to spec on your first pass and then give a variant on your second. Uh, but I think the most important thing is to sort of make make that read your own. And have you seen talent do crazy things in making it their own or is it more them just being themselves? I think a lot of it is just, you know, just being your, your genuine self. I think that's when, um, as you know, that comes up in, that can sort of open you up to vulnerability, but also sort of that's, you know, when you take the biggest chances, you know, you reap the biggest rewards. So I, I think it honestly just has to do with, with, with how you come across. Yeah, I think sometimes the reason why I ask that is because at least earlier on in my career, I felt like I had to do something different and unique. Versus just like, mm-hmm. just being my, you know, I would hear coaches say, well, just be yourself. I'm like, just myself. That's it. Like, don't you want some <laughs> Sam or something? And I didn't know yeah, what that yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. And, and honestly, you know, it, it's interesting how it sort of, it differs from person to person and, and interaction to interaction. It's, um, you know, that, that little quirk that you might have, or, you know, the, the lilt on or on, you know, on how you read a line that can make, you know, a world of difference. And um, it, it's crazy how, you know, those little sort of, interaction sort of um, can turn into a larger thing. On the flip side of that, we talked about, you know, what you see is talent standing out when they're in bookings, which is them just being themselves. God, that's, it's easier said than done. On the flip side, (laughs) what are some of the mistakes you've seen talent make during bookings? Because you're not with them during the auditions, you're with them in in the Exactly, exactly. And I'd say, I'd say the, the, the one thing that I, I see over and over again is sometimes a talent can have the, you know, they might get in their head a little bit too much. And, and another thing that I've seen is, is sort of, you know, unfortunately someone giving the same delivery over and over again. Mm. Uh, I've been in sessions with, with, with VO directors where they'll re- request, you know, a, a different read, whether it's, you know, a different emphasis um, on a line or maybe stressing a certain word or syllable and, and, and they'll get sort of the same delivery over and over and over again. So I think, you know, being aware of your delivery, knowing how you're differentiating, 
differentiating between your first pass and your second pass you know, is extremely important. Do you have suggestions or tricks? Because I know that you, for talent getting out of their head and not making the read sound the same every single time, because sometimes that's so easy to do. I've done that before where it's mm-hmm. like, I think sure. I'm saying it different, but they're like, no, uh-huh. that was exactly the same. I'm like, oh my gosh. So do you have suggestions <laughs> for talent as to how to shake it up? I now have a few tricks I use, which I'll share, but I'm curious what you suggest. Because you also sure, do demos, sure. I mean- right? Exactly. Yeah, I also do demos as well. I'd honestly say I think, and it's and it's so simple. It, it's funny how sometimes the most simplest things are, are are the are the sort of the cures. I'd say maybe just sort of record yourself and you know before you submit your audition or before you're ready to to submit and and just sort of listen to it and 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 intentionally try to differentiate it. And if you don't sort of hear the contrast between you know your A read and your B read, you know maybe try it again until you're sort of you sonically apparent that you're not the b read is not the same as the a read i guess you could say what do you do because as i just mentioned you do you do the demos on your own or you work with particular directors in creating demos for uh, talent so i'm, I'm currently work, working with jody gottlieb uh, as far oh, as uh, working with talent yeah yeah she's amazing she's amazing we've done some great demos together um i've been re- working with her for uh, about the past two and a half years and it's been it's been a delightful experience in sessions where you're recording a demo is there anything that you've seen that works to help talent not do the same line read for the you know tig b sure sure i know that when i'm recording with jody she'll use uh, triggers which will yes. sort of put you in the mental headspace as far as you know if you give this trigger you know this the three red line or you know a line that you'll say to get you in the headspace I noticed that sometimes that will help take them from where they are sort of stagnant with the repetitive reads and sort of it'll it'll lift them from that place and they'll uh, sort of give them that push that they need to, to to differentiate, you know, between the reads that they're that they're giving. Yeah. How important do you feel demos are right now? I think demos are, are, are extremely important. Uh, the way that I view a demo is it's, it's basically it's, it's someone's sonic resume. Um, mm-hmm. it, it shows your range and hopefully you're, you know, you've got a great vocal coach who pairs your voice perfectly with spots that match your unique voice print. It's how you market yourself. So I feel as if, you know, demos nowadays are extremely important. Sonic resume. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people book on mm-hmm. demos too. You know, I, I, I they do, they do. Yep. You know, it, it, I can't tell you the amount of times where, you know, I've worked with the talent and, and I've worked on creating a, you know, a stellar demo for them with, with Jody. And then I'll see them, you know, the next month or the next couple of weeks later, you know, in the studio booking other projects. Um, so it's nice to sort of see see them come through the door, you know, as, as aspiring talent, you know, creating demos and to see them, you know, booking gigs off of it. I think it's, it's amazing. And it's always great to, to reconnect with people on that, you know, in that way. It's it's uh it's it's nice to know that the work that I've done is helping to create momentum and an opportunity for you know for for talent that are, are are out there selling themselves and marketing themselves as as VO artists. Totally. So as far as technology in the home studio, what do you think are the basics or the foundation that sure. talent should have? Ultimately, you know, everyone has a different sort of budget to play with i'd say you know getting a stellar microphone would probably be your number one bet and as important is to sort of treat the space as best as you can 
mm-hmm. um, to sort of create sort of a, a, a non sort of reverberated room. You know, the last thing somebody wants to hear is sort of a roomy sort of audition. So sort of try to try to, and, and there's a lot of resources online that you can, you can utilize to sort of treat your home studio space to, so it sounds as, as professional quality as possible. Have you ever worked with the talent that is being source connecting or is not there with you and the studio was either amazing or was not amazing? And can you speak to that? Yeah. And I mean, you, you know, there's, you'll get all sort of different variants and, and, and tiers of, of studio spaces. Um, you know, not all studio spaces are, are built the same, unfortunately, and there's been times, you know, even on professional productions, you know, you where we'll have a talent, we'll record them, something that's maybe more fit to be a rehearsal space. And, and you know, sometimes uh, you roll with what you got and, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It just sort of depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. Want to go back to at the top, you mentioned you have your hands in a wide range of voiceover work, whether it's mm-hmm. ADR, mm-hmm. commercials, um, animation. Is there a particular genre that you see growing more than another lane in voiceovers i'd say surprisingly it's sort of i've run across a lot of a lot more podcasts and audiobooks recently that have sort of come through the door it's it's interesting sort of how that world and how that market has sort of blown up immensely lately but would you say that for podcasts, then, are you having talent there to do the intros and outros of the podcast? I can understand audiobooks, but... You know, it, it honestly just sort of depends um, with with sort of the, the budget that they've got. But yeah, that, that's an interesting one, podcasts. Um, I, I don't know what, out, what I can sort of say outside of it. Just sort of, it seems to pop up a little more, rec- a little more often recently than it once did. At your studio where you're recording talent doing the intros and outros, or are, is it just someone coming in doing their own yeah, podcast? So it's just, exactly. It'd be sort of a, people would just come in and sort of record their own podcast. Correct. Yes. Okay, cool. Is there a particular area though that you favor more? You know, I really like the um, sound design whenever I'm working with Jody and, 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 you know, we'll have, you know, the processes, you know, she'll, you know, she'll, she'll put that all together. They'll come into the studio. They'll read the scripts. They'll come into the control room. We'll play down, you know, their rough VO record. And once we're done with that, you know, then everyone will, you know, leave. And then I sort of have the the job of pairing the VO with, with sound effects and music. And I find that that to be most fun for me. Creating sort of sonic soundscapes spots is, is sort of where I where I you know, where I live to be able to create, you know, a realistic sounding spot and to to be able to deliver that to talent and for them to take that, for that to put a smile on their face is sort of what I live for. Um, So I would say definitely sort of, I I love to live in sort of the sound design space. I love it. And that's something that actually is extremely critical too, to demos because you can all, at least I can hear when it's been a a library, something that's just pulled from a library and it's on someone else's demo, you know? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And and you sort of want to differentiate, you know, yourself from everyone else. So sort of the, the more that you put into it, you know, creatively, sonically, um, you know, with, with all the sound, sound design, the more you make it your own, the more that you stick out. And and I think that's, that's you know, what's most important as far as differentiating yourself from, from the rest. Do you consider the talent when you're looking at the sound to use in addition to obviously the tone of the spot and the style of the spot do you consider their vocal quality when you're picking out the right sound to have in the background definitely yeah absolutely definitely like uh, 
someone say talent A, you know, their sort of frequency spectrum sits here, you know, you don't want to you don't want to put other sound effects that live in that same frequency in there, you know, otherwise you'll, you'll, you have the tendency of your spot being muddled or sounding muddy or just not clean and coherent. So absolutely. I mean, that's definitely something that you have to be 100% observant of and aware and, and making sure that you're not sort of compounding, you know, sound effects that all live in the same frequency range and in the same spot. Absolutely. And the name of the studio that you work at again is LA Studios. I was wondering because yeah. I was looking at your resume and I was like, is it Folk Chem or is it LA Studios? But okay. Oh, so yeah, LA Studios is is the actual studio, and Photo Chem is sort of our parent company. Got it. And do you guys keep talent demos on file for potential work? So we don't we don't do that at, at our space. We're more of just sort of a, a rented recording studio space that. Um, Productions will 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 book a room and then they'll you know they'll bring in whatever whomever is their talent. Um, we don't have a roster of, of VO talent that we pull from. Okay, I see here that you did dialogue editing editing for Star Wars Rebels. Was that fun? It was, um, and that was a great opportunity, you know, to to be a part of. Um, I started working with Lucasfilm when they would come in to record for their show Star Wars Rebels, just um, and. I was fortunate enough to be recognized by the MPSC, the Motion Picture Sound Editors, for 2014 and 2017. I was nominated and won in 2014, and then I was nominated again in 2017. That's um, awesome. For, Congratulations. For dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. It was a really fun experience. They were nice enough to, to get my tickets to the ceremony, and it was nice to sort of meet everyone else that, that you know, it does sound for Lucasfilm at that award show. It was great. Very cool. So do you, by chance, know yeah. Vanessa Marshall or Jennifer Hale? Voice of Vanessa Marshall, absolutely. Vanessa Marshall, she yeah. was one of the talent. Yeah. Uh, she, she played Hera on Star Wars Rebels. So yes. absolutely, yeah. I, I definitely met her a time or two. Yeah, she, she's, she's, she's great. She's, um, I actually ran into her not too long ago at the Arclight in Hollywood. <laughs> Very cool. Um, just, you know, I'm passing, looking at you know, on my way to a movie. But yeah, absolutely. She's, uh, she's great people. Awesome. Well, listen, Tony, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Before we wrap up, what is the number one biggest piece of advice you would give to someone who's starting out in voiceovers in regards to their demo and their career? You know, I'd say the number one piece of advice I I could give is, you know, just to be as fearless as you can and be as true as you can to your, to yourself and to your craft. I think that, you know, it's, it's sort of scary to put yourself out there and, you know, rejection can be hard at times, but I think just sort of having the mindset that a, a no doesn't dictate your worth because you'll hear tons of no's before you hear the yes. Being headstrong and, and listening to, to constructive criticism is probably the most, the best thing that you could do to ensure that you know, you're moving forward and that you're progressing and that you're not sort of putting yourself in a rut that you don't necessarily need to be in. I love it. I feel like I need to have a Beyonce song in the background playing as you were right? speaking about being fearless. <laughs> well, there you I, go. <laughs> thank you so awesome. much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Tony. I love how he describes demos. Someone's sonic resume. That's such a cool way to phrase it. I also so appreciate how Tony notes the importance of making a demo your own so that you can stand out in a sea of voices. There's no question that having a strong audio engineer is a part of the equation. Okay, my friends, that's all for today. Until next week, 
here's to owning our voices.